sit down, I'll listen, wait, relax my dudes, it's not too late to join in with these awesome fans, marble at there. Some chips and OC fix and mean to meet the best girl queen, a hydrant squad that just won't wait to ignore all the toxic shit. It's a podcast. It's also a gun. Hey guys, <laughs> welcome back to the Geekening Podcast. I'm Leah, and I'm joined today by one of our team members, Lena Fantastic Francois. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so, Selena, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's raining outside, and that's great for me because I love the rain. So, <laughs> I'm just I'm living my best life. <laughs> how are you today? I'm good. Cool, cool. So, tell us a bit more about yourself and about what you do for all ages of geek. Sure, yeah. So, I oh wow. I I love movies, I love animation, anime, manga, video games, all of that. And for AOG, I make a mini series that covers mostly movies, some TV series, every now and then a musical or a pop-up event regarding comic book conventions and stuff like that. And just events that are kind of happening, uh, conventions and stuff that are going on throughout the United States, North America. I'm looking to expand it internationally. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. But yeah, I work on a small series called Frames Per Second with Selena Fantastic, in which I create characters, and she goes on an adventure throughout wherever the location is, and she discovers what movies are coming out and what series are going to be premiering or being renewed for second or third seasons, and just exploring everything that there is to do in the world in regarding like geeks and comic book culture and stuff. So yeah, it's been a lot of fun, and I look forward to making more episodes that's good and what's your favorite movie slash anime character ah oh, so many <laughs> let me see okay my favorite i would have to say my favorite anime character without a doubt is usagi tsukino i love sailor moon and she is my favorite character hands down and i think my favorite movie character oh my gosh that's a hard one. I would say John Wick is definitely one. And then probably Toulouse-Lautrec played by John Leguizamo in Moulin Rouge <laughs> by Baz Luhrmann. I, I have to admit, I love the way he embodied that character. It's a it's really cool movie. Like, all together, it's a great movie, but I really like his character in it. <laughs> What's your favorite movie in general? Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings, for sure. I feel like a favorite movie is, like, you can watch it whenever, and you'll, like, never get tired of it. So I love, you know, Fellowship of the Ring is my favorite one, without a doubt, because it's so pretty, and it's what starts the whole series. Return of the King is kind of heavy for me, so I'd put that at the bottom of the list of my favorites. But, yeah, I, I definitely love Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. Two Towers is good, too, yeah. 
And favorite anime? Favorite anime. Ah, oh. well, I do love Sailor Moon. I do love it because that is my favorite one. But I've recently been watching Carol and Tuesday, and that one's really good in terms of production quality and. The, I forgot the name of the guy who is behind it, but I, he's done quite a bit of anime in the past, like in the 90s and early 2000s. But the production quality is really great, especially in, when it came to the soundtrack and the rotoscoping of a lot of the characters' movements with actors and stuff. I, I have to admit, Carolyn Tuesday is a very good anime. It's on Netflix right now. And favorite video game? Ooh, favorite video game! Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Oddly enough, I haven't beaten it by myself without a manual yet. It's still very difficult for me, but I love playing it because the music, it's, you know, very soothing, relaxing, and fun, and nostalgia. I, I grew up playing it, so, you know, I love it. And Which then, console do you use? I, well, I use Nintendo Switch and PS4, so I haven't, like, gotten into the next generation of playing the newer games yet, but I've seen a lot of playthroughs for Animal Crossing New Horizons, Skyrim is a, another one that's really good, Witcher is really great, actually. I, I think they're even having a season two for their series on Netflix. It's, yeah, so many things. <laughs> I love Animal Crossing New Horizons. It's right. amazing. It's so relaxing. Right, right. I cannot wait to get it finally. Oh my goodness. I've been like working the stems go from animals. Yeah, exactly. They're so cute. <laughs> I started playing like, I think it was the first one for um, GameCube. Um, and I, I just loved it because, you know, you're just running around and, you know, you collect the peaches or pears or apples, whatever's growing on your little city and you know you talk to the neighbors and stuff it's so much fun it's a great like mini vacation i guess you could say <laughs> and isabelle is my favorite character of all time she is oh my gosh she's like the queen of animal crossing i have to admit yeah i cosplayed her once yeah yeah <laughs> i take it you haven't played uh, breath of the wild my my brother has actually my brother's played it and he and he says it's a really good game but yeah I haven't I haven't gotten a chance to sit through and play it for myself I've seen a couple of things online and it looks like a really beautiful visual game but I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet yeah I played Link's Awakening and Breath of the Wild and I would say that Link's Awakening is perfect if you're into nostalgia if you're into okay souls and old video games awesome. you're gonna enjoy Link's Awakening. But if you're into the Legend of Zelda um, series as a whole, uh -huh. and to the story, graphics, development, then definitely Breath of the Wild is for you. Okay, cool. Good to know. Thank you for the tip. <laughs> and you live in New York, right? Yes, right now I'm in New York working on a few things I can't really discuss, but yeah, I'm, I'm in New York for a little bit. I was previously in LA and I was working on some stuff there, so I'm kind of like back and forth working between time zones, but it, it's fun. I like it, yeah. Oh, so you prefer LA or New York? Ah, no! I, I, I love both of them. <laughs> I love them both so much. They're, they both have their pros, they both have their cons. It's I think if you can find what you like doing and like just I guess focus on that and make friends in that realm you can have a blast in either place honestly because you know LA has you know the industry yes but also 
they have weather that's like it never rains so you know like it'll rain occasionally but if you prefer sunshine and like the warmth and beach going outs or whatever on the weekends or whatever i think you can really like la but i like the rain so i i like new york too but you know i can appreciate both i i love them both <laughs> i'm more of a new york girl okay yeah yeah where are you from are, are you from new york originally or i'm from louisiana Oh, okay, Louisiana. Okay, okay. I've never been yet, but I've always wanted to go and see, like, you know, the middle states. I, I've always been on either of the coasts, so I hear the food is amazing over there. So, yeah, I, I do want to go. <laughs> you should come during Mardi Gras. I, I've heard, yes. Yes, I always hear amazing stories about Mardi Gras and, like, the whole New Orleans, everything. Oh, my gosh. The beignets. I, I need to go because... I hear there's this like cafe called um, Cafe du Monde, and they have like beignets and coffee, and they're supposed to be like world famous. And I, I, I need to go. I want to go. <laughs> yeah, even though I'm from Louisiana, I was raised in Egypt. Oh, I wow. love Egypt right now. Oh my gosh, that is so cool. Okay, really, wow, that is amazing. Oh my gosh. Now, wow, <laughs> overseas travel, I would love to do too. <laughs> I've only been to England for um, study abroad, but I would love to go to Egypt. Oh, man. Not just, like, for the pyramids. Like, that stuff is cool too, but I want to see, like, around the, you know, the cities where people live, where what people do for fun, you know? I think it's such, oh, my gosh, so full of culture. And I feel like the people there, I, I've met a few people also from Egypt. They're always very kind and generous and they want to share more about their culture you know i feel like a lot of people don't realize what they show on the news about egypt like it's all just you know war and military like no it's not like that you know they have people that live there and you know they're enjoying their lives I, oh gosh i would love to go you're gonna love it old fire and religious complex are underrated gems oh yes oh man i can imagine Oh man, not like just the architecture and oh, everything. Oh man. So, other than New York and LA, which cities and states have you been to? I've been to Orlando, Florida for a family vacation a couple of times. Um, we also have some family down there. We went to, you know, Universal Studios and we had fun. I've been to Pennsylvania. There's a place called Hershey Park, that's another little amusement park thing. I've been to Connecticut. I've been, where else? Oh my goodness. I think I've been to Maine, but I was like a child back then. So I, I could be wrong. It could have been like somewhere else, <laughs> but mostly along the East Coast and recently the West Coast. I haven't been to Oregon yet, but I do want to go. I want to see Arizona. I want to see, you know, Kentucky. I want to see, oh my gosh. Utah, Wyoming, South Dakota, Colorado, so many places I want to go to. It's just, you know, the pandemic kind of shut everything down. So I was like, okay, guess I'm going to stay here. But now that everything's opening back up, I, I do want to maybe take a train trip and just tour all across the country. Like a road trip? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've only been to three states so far, so not an impressive record. <laughs> but... At least I have an excuse. Being being based overseas, True. I have an excuse. Right, right. <laughs> right. So, tell me a bit more about yourself. 
Sure, yeah. Let me see. Oh, well, I oh, I was drawing. I think my earliest memory of art would be kindergarten, around like five, six years old. I remember sitting at the table and just drawing a tree and then putting a little hole for the owl and the, like the squirrels and stuff inside and my teacher thinking that it looked really nice so she put it up on the wall and I think that was my first like solidified memory of me wanting to continue creating art so ever since then I've always found myself you know drawing on either printer paper or my notebooks like in the margins on the sides and in high school, I really got into like film and movies and stuff. So I was always watching DVDs and I did this thing where I would watch the behind the scenes featurettes and bonus features before I even watched the movie. So it could have been a movie that I had never seen before, but I would watch all of the special features to see how they made it. And then I would watch the movie and really appreciate the film for what it was. I fell in love with there are a couple of movies, more, more of the French movies, Paris Je Thème, Amélie. Oh my goodness, uh, so many movies. I, oh, I got in, a little bit into Kubrick also. I, I really liked The Shining, some Alfred Hitchcock movies, Vertigo, Psycho, The Birds. I love The Birds. Some musicals, like uh, A Chorus Line. So like Broadway show tunes and stuff, Phantom of the Opera. I really got into the whole like spectacular films and movies and cinema then and that kind of led me to like Broadway and stage plays and musicals and stuff so I think a lot of my art is inspired by movies and musicals and sometimes the cartoons that I watched growing up like Rugrats, Wild Thornberries. I kind of take inspiration from everywhere that moves me and makes me happy so yeah since I was a kid I would just continue to find myself in these like artistic things to enjoy and yeah I never I never stopped I never let it go and I, I love where it's taken me so far I've learned so much and I've met an amazing so many so many amazing people and it's been a ride and I like the ride and I'm going to continue on the ride for as long as I can <laughs> oh that's cool you mentioned French movies do you speak French yeah, yeah, I speak a little French. My parents are from Haiti, so I grew up speaking mostly English, but I can understand and speak a little bit of Haitian Creole and French, a very little Spanish, and a touch of Japanese. So, yeah. Ooh, Japanese, that's fun. Thank you, thank you, yeah. <laughs> Japanese is a really tough language to learn. It so is. I used to learn French back in high school uh -huh. and it was so difficult for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's it definitely got difficult when I had to like really study the language. Like I couldn't speak it freely and just like without thinking grammatically like how to say things properly. You know, you have to like conjugate particular verbs and, you know, assign genders to some word like nouns and stuff. So that always tripped me up, but I love it and I've communicated with French-speaking people, and from what I've seen and from what they've told me, I I can speak it relatively comfortably, and they'll understand what I'm trying to say. So I'm all for hey, if you know you if you don't speak it fluently, that's fine. But if you're able to get your point across and as respectfully and as clearly as possible, as long as I think they see that you're making an an effort to try and um, do your best, you know, without really butchering the uh, language, I think 
I think they're appreciative of that at least. So yeah, I've always tried to like learn what I can where I can because we have like we all can't just you know dive into the study. We we have our lives to live and things that we have to take care of. So as much as I would love to immerse myself in a language, I I can't really do that, you know. So but yeah, I I, I try when I can. I I try. I actually speak Arabic. Oh, I've always wanted to. I mean. I know my numbers. <laughs> I know Arabic numbers, but <laughs> but yeah, I, I I wanted to learn. Oh man, Arabic numbers and like modern standard Arabic or another oh, probably dialect. Modern, yeah, one two three four five and like how to write them. That's it. Yeah, because our number system, like I, I I'm pretty sure they're Arabic. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever languages are you interested in learning. I would like to learn Brazilian Portuguese. I I think it's a beautiful, beautiful language because I also like bossa nova music in particular. Not so much like the newer lo-fi stuff. I think it's very cool. But when I'm just relaxing at home, I do like to listen to a lot of like early '60s, like kind of like late '50s, some of the '70s bossa nova artists and some of their live concerts when they speak in Portuguese. It's it's beautiful. It sounds so much like. I, in my opinion, Haitian Creole and other Latin American, you know, countries sp- version of Spanish. But I, I don't know. I, I just find it speaks to me, and I think it's absolutely beautiful. So yeah, Brazilian Portuguese. I would love to learn not Mandarin. I I want to learn Cantonese. I would like to learn Taiwanese, Russian, German. I I know very a few words in Italian, but I would like to learn Italian officially also. Yeah, that'd be nice. Oh, and um, Swiss. I would love to learn Swiss. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, thank you. Let's go back a bit to your art. Yeah. What kind of art do you draw? Mostly, I would say digital art. I I mostly draw digital art. Usually, portraits. I'm not too good with landscapes at all, so I try to stay to portraits and like little characters. But I've recently been learning how to get more into shaping my characters and giving them more form and more I guess depth and give them more perspective in the worlds that they're in so I've been using traditional in some of my classes paper and pencil to like study perspective and just you know spheres and cylinders very basic shapes um, to kind of map out where I want to place things and get an idea of where things should be located properly to give the effect that I want to I want the viewer to see but yeah, I, I've mostly been doing portraits and digital art, but studying traditional and a little bit of painting. I followed a Bob Ross tutorial the other day. It was a lot of fun, actually. I have to admit, it was very nice to push myself to do something, you know, fun and different that I haven't done before. So yeah, I, I enjoyed that. Yeah. Was it easy to follow the tutorial? Yeah, I, I think it was. I, the only thing I didn't have were the exact paints that he was using. I only have the Holbein or Holbein is the name of the brand acrylic gouache. So it was very limited <laughs> selection of colors. So uh, I remember he was using a green and I didn't have green. It's very basic. It's red, white, black blue and yellow those were the main colors that I had so I had to really quickly mix the yellow and the blue and a little bit of white to get the shade of green that he was using in the tutorial so luckily I was able to press pause mix it up really quickly and then continue to get what I needed done on the painting so it was a little shaky there but I think you can make it happen you don't need to have I think you know these $300 paint sets and you know all this different supplies I think you're able to 
get your point across pretty well with what you may already have. It's just a matter of trying to make it work for you, you know? Yeah. Any happy accidents along the way? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, quite a few, actually. I tried to cover them up with the blurring in the background. Some of the trees, I made them too like dark when his were a lighter shade. So I kind of went, kept going over them rather than just fixing the, the color. So I just tried to make them skinny and skinnier, but they kept getting bigger and bigger. So I just brushed over them really quickly and then kind of fixed the line strokes and whatnot with the paint shades that I had. I, I don't think you can tell too, too much in the final picture, but I know it's there. So it kind of, it kind of plays with my head a little, but I do want to try it again because it was a lot of fun. And what was your favorite painting of yours? Oh, wow. wow. My favorite painting of mine. Oh, I don't think I have it anymore because when I moved to Los Angeles, I think I donated it, but I did one. It was, I believe, it was a painting, I think of, it was on poster board, a very like cheap poster board, very flimsy, but I painted, I think it was a woman in like a, like a reddish orange dress and she was sitting, I think, on top of a piano and there was a guy that I put like in the background watching her like sing and he was sitting there on a chair and there was a table i remember that one i think being my first of my favorite paintings it was done in acrylic and i think i even sub submitted it to my art show for high school that year but yeah i, I don't think i have it anymore yeah <laughs> how many art shows have you done i i i did i want to say two yeah, only two, and that was in school. I haven't done too many art shows since, only because I feel, like, kind of shy about my work. I feel like it's not, like, good enough to be in a show for, you know, people to see and, like, you know, either pay money to go look at, you know. I, I don't know if I'm that good yet, but I, I want to practice more, and I've been practicing more, so that I can, you know, hopefully get to a level where I can start sending my work into shows and, people can, you know, have something nice to look at rather than, you know, my beginning paintings <laughs> that are a little eh, not too good. <laughs> Other than art, what else are you interested in? Oh, wow. I'm interested in... Oh, oh well, yeah, I, I don't think they're really art-related, but I do like knitting, and I'm, I'm not, like, the most skilled. I don't know the names of different types of, like, stitches and stuff, but I can make a scarf and I can make the little fringe at the end, the little tassels and stuff, and I really enjoy that. I like I like cooking, I like to bake, and I like to make crepes for breakfast. That's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> but yeah, I, I like to make a, a simple either pasta or rice and yeah, anything really that I can use my hands, I think. <laughs> yeah. Are crepes popular in Haiti? I'm not sure, actually. That's a very good question. I'm, I might want to, I want to look that up because I know that they are popular in France and at least here in the States in trendy places, but I haven't looked into that if they're popular in Haiti. That, that's actually a very good uh, question. My mom, she told me, I believe that Jewish people have that they use crepes in a way they roll, I think it's sour cream up and it's called a blintz. And I, I know that I think is pretty popular, at least in Jewish cultures, I'm, I'm sure around the world. 
but I, I'm not sure about Haiti, actually. Yeah, I would love to look into that. I, I don't mind <laughs> if you want. I can send you a link if I find something. Definitely, yeah. Oh, what's your favorite recipe? Oh, my favorite recipe. Oh, man. Oh, wow. Because I, I like to make things for different reasons. If I'm feeling happy and, you know, girly, I'll just make a bowl of popcorn with some caramel on top, like over the stove. But if I'm, I feel like if I want something comforting and something that'll like replenish my nourishment and make me feel strong, I'll make something hearty. Like a, I would say my favorite recipe is probably a baked chicken with like lemon and herbs and, you know, rosemary, thyme, and I would say pasta. Yeah. Baked chicken and uh, pasta, like a fettuccine or a linguine with a cream sauce. Yeah. And do you enjoy cooking these? I do. I do. Yeah. I feel like I enjoy cooking those when, like, I don't have too many things on my mind. Like, if I have the mental capacity to make them, you know, nicely and have the patience to chop up the onions and the garlic and everything. But when I have too much things going on and I have a lot of stuff that I have to think about, I'll just throw something together really quickly <laughs> without having to think about it. But yeah, I, when I have the time, I do enjoy making those meals because I get to breathe for a second and just enjoy the experience of preparing a meal, cooking it, and then enjoying it later. Who's your favorite chef then? Ooh, my favorite chef. A chef. I think, mm, well, I, I feel... I mean, we all know Gordon Ramsay. I think he's a very good chef. And Wolfgang Puck. Oh, there's a guy. His name... I forget. It's, I think, Marcus... Marcus Samuelson. He's a very good chef. World-renowned. There's another one. Carla Hall. She's good. I really like Julia Child. She's a little older-fashioned. Like, I think a lot more older people know about her. And, you know, like, younger people that probably hung around, like, their grandparents and stuff, or maybe just their parents. But I like Julia Child. She's cool. <laughs> She's fun. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I like to take little tips and tricks kind of from everywhere I can. Michael Simon, he's good, too. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of everybody. <laughs> Well, since you do gather tips and tricks from various sources, what's your number one cooking tip? Mm. My number one cooking tip is to stay open. I would say stay open because I've tried cooking recipes and like if I try to just focus on the recipe and then it like doesn't come out correctly at the end of it, you know, like maybe if I try to make a cake and it sinks in the middle and I, it, I followed everything to a T, I would get so disappointed in myself and feel really, really bad. But if I, you know, follow the recipe and, you know, if I maybe improvise here and there, if you have some things and you look up substitutes, you know, taking your time, you know, you take up time. If you don't, if you don't have, let's say, baking powder, maybe look for an alternative with baking soda, you know. So just be open to having changes that you might need to make for the recipe to make it come out to the best of your ability. Granted, if it's your first time making something, it may, you know, it may not come out correctly at all. And that is totally fine. It's okay. Don't worry. But, you know, if it does come out, try to, you know, write down little things that you did along the way this way. The next time you approach that recipe, you can either make it the same way, if not improve on it. So yeah, that would probably be my best cooking tip, staying open to changes.
Well, after all, cooking is a science. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Trial and error. You have to, you know, have your controlled environment. And there are always going to be variables that may change the final product. Yeah. And what is one dish you wish you could make? Oh, wow. So many foods coming by. <laughs> okay. I want to be able to make okonomiyaki because it looks so good. And I just wish I could make it exactly the way like they would in Osaka because everyone says that like the best okonomiyaki is in Osaka. But, you know, here in the States, we have, you know, Asian markets and stuff, and they do sell some produce and some products that can be very similar to, I guess, Osaka style okonomiyaki, but it's, I don't think the quality of the ingredients is necessarily the same because, you know, you know, FDA regulations and stuff, there are certain things that probably can't be sold here. So I would love to go to Osaka, try the okonomiyaki, learn how to make it over there, you know, enjoy it for a little bit and then at least come back and then try the best of, you know, to the best of my ability to make it the way I remember it tasting in Osaka. If I could learn how to do certain dishes in their respective regions, I would love to do that. Yeah. Well, pardon my ignorance, but what is this dish comprised of? It's like a pancake. I believe it's cabbage and like, I think teriyaki sauce is used in a lot of the American recipes, but it could be different in Japan. But let me pull up a recipe really quick. I, it's, it looks so good and it has like bonito flakes. Yes. And scallions. It's just, I think potato, eggs. Yeah. Cabbage, carrots, green onions, green beans, green bell pepper, and zucchini. It's, oh, it's full of veggies. And I, I just love some chicken. People use chicken. I just oh, love it. It looks like it's so good. And yeah, I feel like it's the perfect comfort food. Yeah, it's like a pancake. Well, it makes sense that you would like a recipe like this. It's very similar to crepes. Right, right. <laughs> Well, here in Egypt, crepes are treated like bread. So they sandwich several ingredients between crepes. Oh, wow. Yummy. Oh, that sounds great. I would love to try that. <laughs> what would be your favorite type of like crepe sandwich in a way? Probably fried chicken crepes. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Fried chicken crepes. And do they put like like sauces, or is it like just chicken and and then the, the crepe wrapped up? Or is no, no, they put everything. Oh, the wow. whole nine yards. So fried chicken, lettuce, tomatoes, sauces, oh. cheese. Yes. Oh, that sounds wonderful. I need to go to Egypt. I need to go. <laughs> <laughs> and. What else are you interested in other than food, art? Uh, I would say I'm really interested into music. Yeah, I love music. It's because it's one thing that whatever I'm doing, I could just be sitting in a chair watching, you know, the breeze blow against the trees. If I have some music playing, I'm happy. That's yeah. If there's anything that I do when I'm not doing anything, it's listening to music. You know, it's very it, it's good, I think to have a little bit of background noise playing either in the house or in your bedroom while you're taking a shower. You know, I think it's good to have, yes, quiet times where you're not, you know, paying attention to anything at all. You're just having that time to yourself to either sit and 
think or pray or meditate, whatever it is you need to do. But I think it's really good to have moments of just listening to music, whatever you like, whether it's EDM, you know, opera, classical jazz, bossa nova, you know, classic rock, whatever you like to listen to. I, I think it's good to kind of just enjoy something, you know? Yeah, very simple. <laughs> so I take it your favorite genre is classic rock? Yeah, I, I do like classic rock. I have to admit, around, I would say the late 60s to like early 80s. Yeah, I like that kind of rock. I like kind of pop rock, soft rock. There's a genre called yacht rock, like people with yachts and stuff that they listen to, I guess. <laughs> so like a bunch of like older people music, but it's nice to listen to, it's fun, I like it. But yeah, it, I, I like a lot of classic rock. I listen to some jazz, not like, I don't like jazz, like it sounds like a lot of noise. So I like smooth jazz. So I know a lot of people don't like smooth jazz because it doesn't sound like anything special, but I like it. It sounds relaxing to me. I like Bossa Nova. I like sh some show tunes from like musicals. I like some movie soundtracks, very, very few, but I, I do like some musical scores by John Barry, uh, Howard Shore. Who else? Oh, I forget the name of the person. Oh, no, I think it is. Is it John Barry that does the How to Train Your Dragon soundtrack? I forgot. But yeah, so, some movie soundtracks I do like. Nothing too, too heavy. Hans Zimmer, his music is very good, but if I'm just listening to music, I, I don't necessarily <laughs> want to listen to him. But, you know, if, I, if I'm if i writing something, maybe I'll listen to him for inspiration. But yeah, I, I like a little bit of everything. I think it's good to have a nice variety. Yeah. So you write? Yeah. <laughs> I like fiction mostly, some fantasy, nothing too heavy. I don't I don't like heavy stories. I feel like the world is serious enough, it's heavy enough. Let me give people something light and fun that they can enjoy, you know? I I I don't like putting anything like that's like scary or like like violent or anything, you know? I, I feel like a lot of people when they wanna watch or read something that they're trying to escape and I feel like if how can I describe it? I feel like if if you're coming from a place that is either very heavy or violent, you would most likely escape for something that's, you know, the complete opposite of that. So something fun and bright and like positive, you know, something optimistic and lighthearted. So I, I try not to do anything too, too heavy. Also for myself, you know, I, I don't want to have to focus on something that's heavy and something that's going to depress me, you know, while I'm working on it. I'd rather work on something lighthearted and fun. <laughs> Not to say that I haven't worked on anything heavy. I, I've done that, but I prefer working on light stuff. What's your favorite book? Mm, I, I think my favorite book would have to be... Oh, well, there was one book I read recently called The Book of Longings. And now it's been a few, it was the most recent book I read, but it's been a few months since I've last read it by Sue Monk Kidd. She, it's, well, I don't, I, I don't want to uh, describe it because if I get too into it, I'll probably spoil it. So I won't describe it here in case if anybody wants to read it, but I'll leave a, I'll, I can leave the title, the author, and maybe a, a description I find online about it. But I, I thought it was a very interesting book and I liked the fact that it had to do with, I guess, okay, it's a historical fiction book. It could be fiction. I don't know. 
but it takes place during like Jesus's time. So I, I think it was a very interestingly written book. I'll leave it at that. I don't want to spoil it. <laughs> Ooh, do you ever be interested in writing nonfiction? Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. I, I, I feel the world is an interesting place enough that I would love to write something about, oh my goodness, just, oh, various cities and towns in the United States. I feel like there are so many interesting things in this country that not enough people know about that we've only just started learning about now with everything that's happened, especially last year, you know, regarding, you know, groups of people across the country. So I feel like I've learned myself so much about this country that I'd never heard of before. And I would love to write stories about some of the areas where these things happened. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm not much of a, a, a document, a documentary person. I don't like really watching too many documentaries because I find a lot of them to be made the same way, very, you know, structured and very, you know, kind of heavy, you know, but I, I think I like more informative documentaries, like movies that kind of tell people about the area, you know, yes, it has the bad side, but also, you know, talk about the good things that happened in the area, you know, I, I can't think of any documentaries really uh, that, you know, detail it that way. But I, I want to say that I have seen like, two or three that were interesting, and that I did like. So, Oh, one, for example, was Sugar Man, Searching for Sugar Man, I believe it's called. It's about a musician um, called Sixo uh, Rodriguez. And I thought that was a very good documentary, actually. But yeah, I would love to write a book about, I, I would say, the cities and towns across America that were, I guess, very cool during their time. I would love to write a book about the Harlem Renaissance. I think that'd be a lot of fun to not only write about, but also research and learn for myself. I think I could learn so much more than what I've learned already through school and various, you know, Instagram posts online. Yeah. That sounds interesting. Thank you. Thank you. So last but not least, mm -hmm. tell us a random fact about yourself. Ooh, neat. Random fact about myself. Oh, a random fact about myself. It is personal. But I do feel comfortable sharing it because I think it's important for people to recognize and to, I guess, put into perspective in terms of history of people's existence on this planet because I feel like not a lot of people are aware of it. But I, I personally definitely repeated the fifth grade and I understand where a lot of people may feel, mm, I guess, self-conscious or disappointed or embarrassed about that. But I, I think about it honestly as a, a wonderful second chance for me to be able to get my studies back on track. So I won't go too, too personally about it, but, you know, I, I know there are people online, especially in the art community that struggle especially academically, it, like either it's mathematics or um, literacy. I, I know a lot of people have these issues, and I think it's important that people recognize that not everybody's a genius, you know? Not everybody's going to be good in studies, in academia, but as artists, we are valuable and we are great people. A lot of us, <laughs> I don't know about everybody. <laughs> not everybody is a good or a bad person, I don't know. But I feel like if you're an artist and you're doing your best, 
it doesn't matter like what studies you did or failed in. I think as long as you're a good person and you try to continue being a good person moving forward, it doesn't matter. Just keep at it. You're going to be a wonderful person. Yeah. So yeah, that's one fact about me. <laughs> well, Selena, it was fun talking to you. Yes, it was um, a pleasure. Thank thanks you. for joining us. And how can our listeners check out your work for all yeah. ages of Yeah, they can follow me on Instagram at Art by Selena Fantastic. I also have the YouTube page. I believe my YouTube page is Selena Fantastic. But yeah, I'm all ears. I, I may not be able to respond immediately or to everybody, but thank you guys all so much for everything that you're doing. Just continue being an awesome person in the world and keep learning. Always keep learning. I've learned that for myself in my life. As long as I continue learning about something new that I haven't learned already, just, you know, it keeps your, I think, your neurons firing. I think it's good for the human body and the spirit to continue learning something. Well, Selena, thank you so much for joining us. And to our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in to the Geekening Podcast. As always, if you want to follow more compelling podcasts, you can go to allagesofgeek.com. But for now, we're signing off.